testimony that we have kids on stage, right? If you don't want a messy house, don't have kids. <laughs> All right, I would, I would take a messy stage anytime to have that wonderful performance by our kids, right? So. All right, if you're looking at us, you're offended. I'm so sorry. We have kids in Agape House of Worship, right? Amen. God is a good God. Amen. Are you guys been blessed? You've been blessed. All right, before we go into the word today, I have a couple of things I will share. And uh, I have, a, I have a, a good friend of mine that will be co-preaching with me today. All right? Uh, but before I go into that, uh, I'm going to talk about this week. We have a fresh outpouring service on Friday. Amen. It's a special one, so I want you to be there, everyone. Uh, this weekend also coincides with our Equip Conference, all right? So especially workers, I want you to make sure you are there on Friday and on Saturday. Saturday requires registration uh, with a token. I want all workers, please, to register. If you have not registered, please do so uh, today, all right, so we can plan properly. All right, God bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray you will speak to your people. You will minister to us by your power, by your spirit, and your people will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start the message today with a video. It's a very lengthy video. It's about 10 minutes or so. Uh, testimony from a lead pastor, uh, Pastor Gilead, who uh, was very brave, very courageous, did what many pastors would never do uh, by revealing his personal struggle to his congregation. This was sent to me maybe last year or so by a friend, and I thought it was amazing. Uh, It's not necessarily a reflection what I'm going through. I'm not necessarily saying I'm going through that. But I just want it, but I think it reflects what pastors go through. Uh, and I'm going to come back and share my message, which is really, I tie to the snapshot of a senior pastor's life. I think it's necessary. Uh, but I'm going to talk a little more when I come back. Uh, so, um, presentation, are you ready? If you're ready, uh, let's go. Um, so I've hit a wall. Um, I think I'm officially at the burnt out point. Um, my first job, I punched a time clock. It was my very first job in high school. I've been working since I was 14. And um, my first job, I punched a time clock. A whole lot of my first jobs, I punched time clock. And you punch, for my young people who don't know anything about that, it was a physical card and a machine and you punched in when you got in, you punched out at lunch, you punched back in when you finished lunch, and you punched out when you left the day. And the cool thing about it was when you punched out, you could do whatever you wanted to do because <laughs> you weren't on the clock. Um, and I, I started the church, as you know, 17 years ago, and I, I feel like um, in December of 2004, I punched, I punched in, I clocked in. And 17 years later, I've, I've yet to clock out. 
I've never, in my opinion, clocked out a single time in 17 years. Um, I've been pastoring since I was 22. I'm sorry, for 22 years since I was 35. Um, to give you a lens of how long that's, that is, um, my daughter Jada is graduating uh, in three months from UNC Chapel Hill. When I started pastoring, I, I, um, when I started pastoring, she was three months old. Um, Jasmine, who's a freshman at UNC Chapel Hill, wasn't even born uh, when I started pastoring. Um, my son Kyle was 14 when I started pastoring. He was our first drummer and our first sound technician. So that's, that's how long this has been. Um, so I, I haven't been able to really be off or to clock out. And I'm, I've, I've hit a wall. I'm tired. Um, pastoring is just hard. It's, um, it's God's calling, but it's hard. Um, and I have, I have just notes because I don't want to miss anything and I don't want to say anything that I shouldn't say. Pastoring in a pandemic is even harder um, because who knew what to do um, and who knew how to really respond. And then pastoring through a construction project is even harder. And I think I had an illusion that 17 years in, it would just get easier. Um, but it's not getting easier. It's getting harder. Um, and so I pastor three kinds of people. I pastor people who work so hard to help take the weight off. So grateful for y'all. And then I pastor people who are weight. Um, they're not trying to take the weight off. They, gonna, they want you to carry them. They're not, but that's okay because that's ministry. People come to church because they need help. They, I'm good with them. But it's the third group that makes it hard. And that's the group that, that hovers over the top of the people that are the weight and they push the weight down. We got a lot of them. Um, and for 17 years, like I've been able to hold up the weight even when people are pushing down. But something's kind of shifted for me um, because for the first time, I don't feel like I can hold the weight anymore. And I always used to brag, and I know we shouldn't have a spirit of pride, but I just don't know who else to be other than honest. I used to be very proud for the fact that I had a lot of capacity. I'm good. I got capacity. I can handle this. I'm, I'm spent now. I don't have anything left. And because of that, for the first time in 22 years of pastoring, 17 years of being here, for the first time in my life, I'm scared. I'm afraid. Now, I want to be really clear. I did not say I have a spirit of fear. I said I'm afraid, and it's a difference. I'm scared because I don't know what the stress is doing to me that I don't know about. And so I'm scared because I'm changing. Like, I used to have good days and bad days, now I just have days. And every day is just, I'm just numb. So I'm changing. And I wake up and I'm as, as tired as I was when I went to sleep because I feel like I spent the whole night fighting in my spirit. Um, so I'm scared that, you know, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna have had a stroke in the middle of the night. Or I'm gonna wake up and I would have had a heart attack and or I would wake up and I would not be able to talk anymore. 
And so I want to finish strong, y'all. And I don't think I'm done. I don't think God's done with me. But if I keep doing exactly like I'm doing, I feel like I'm not going to make it. And I feel like I'm not going to finish. And so the biggest issue is I don't heal fast anymore. Um, being a pastor means you got to just be willing to take the shots. That, that's just part, part of the call. Folk come for you. They criticize you. They abuse you. Um, that's the call, right? I'm, not, I'm used to that. The difference is I'm not healing as fast anymore. See, when I was a little boy, I was very athletic when I was younger, but I used to break bones. So my, adult, my childhood, I probably broke stuff like eight times. I broke both my thumbs. I broke both my wrists. I broke both my arms. But I healed fast. And the next season, I'm right back out there. Or a couple months later, I'm right back out there. That's the key to pastoral ministry. The key to pastoral ministry is that people beat you up all week long, but if you can just get to the pulpit healed on Sunday, you won't preach to them in your hurts. You won't beat them up with the microphone. So the key to this thing to really love the congregation is you got to be purged by Sunday morning. I'm not healing anymore fast enough when Sunday comes. So I'm scared that... I'm going to start preaching from my wounds and not from my scars. And there is a difference. When a wound is still bleeding, it's still pussy, it's still fresh. A scar has already healed up and you can say, y'all, this is just what happened to me, but I'm good. You know, you don't want to see anybody stand in front of you bleeding and pussy. Because I want to finish strong. I got to do some things a little different. Nobody in this church has experienced more funerals than me. So you stand over these caskets week after week for years. These are people that you pray with and your whole hands and you laugh together. And um, they keep people that you married, you bless their children. You went to their home when they got it and you blessed their home or blessed their new business. And you tasked with having to lay your hands on that casket and say, it becomes my final task and assignment as their pastor to commit their body to the ground. And so because I'm not healing as fast, I'm spending a lot of time just in my feelings and not in my spirit, man, where I know I need to minister to people from. So I, gotta, I need a minute to figure out how I keep pastoring the people that keep holding the weight down so that I'm strong enough spiritually to take the fight. And so I'm going to do some things in the month of March to do this. Um, I'm going to get a physical. 
because I'm behind in my physical. And I got to do some things to make sure I'm healthy physically and emotionally. And so I hope y'all can hear my heart on this. I, I want to finish strong. I want to, there's so much more I believe God has for us to do. But I think if I keep trying to do it in my emotional state, I really think the stress is going to kill me. Um, and so I need to get my head around that, my heart around that. So you won't see me a lot in March. I hope y'all will serve. I hope y'all be faithful. I hope you'll give. I hope you'll support our ministers. And then I'm going to figure out what it looks like um, as we move forward. And then we'll, we'll, it's going to look different because I want to live. Um, I don't want to die yet. I don't want to have a heart attack. Um, I want to live. And so because of that, I want to take the moment I need. And so I hope you hear that it's so important that we um, work hard to be a person that helps with the weight, whether it's at home or in church, that even strong people who seem like they have it together could literally be on the brink of falling apart. And none of us are exempt from it. And um, I want to be very clear. Um, this is not a statement of defeat. This is a statement. I want y'all to hear this. This is a statement that I'm not going to be beat. Hallelujah. I think uh, it deserves a lot of uh, applause for uh, just being open and transparent to his people. Uh, because to be honest with you, a lot of pastors feel that way. Uh, so that's why I'm going to share with you what I call the, the snapshot of a pastor's life of the senior pastor's life. Uh, Forbes magazine ranks pastoring as one of the nine toughest leadership roles in the world. They did that because uh, being a pastor is considered one of the most stressful jobs as a leader. And oftentimes, uh, it is very hard for pastors to really share that because it will look self-serving. It will look like you're trying to promote yourself. Uh, so, for some of you that might maybe feel that way about my short message today, so I'm gonna say I'm sorry. This is my, I uh, call it 1 Corinthians chapter nine moment. Uh, if you're a student of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter nine is like the ranting of Apostle Paul uh, trying to defend his apostleship. I think at some point he felt so uncomfortable himself and he said, yeah, I'm just speaking like a man. So sometimes I think pastors don't speak enough like a man for people to truly understand uh, what is, you know, their life like, what is the challenge like, what is the burden like. And I think when people know, I think people know how better to respond better and how better to support the pastor. Like the pastor said, being a senior pastor is hard. It's a very, very tough job. 
most people uh, who are there, they are pastoring simply because they have no choice. That is being a calling. When God's calling is upon you, it's not like you can really run away from it. I laugh when people say, no, no, I'm not. No, if God's calling is upon your life, there's really no way. There's nothing you can do. God finds you and he gets you there. Uh, So it is a very, very hard job to do, especially from a human standpoint. It's hard because there's a weight of responsibility that you can't shake off. In Revelation chapter 1, chapter 2, we talk about the famous letters to the churches. The letters were written to the angel of those churches. And there are a lot of, uh, I would say there's uh, there's a lot of understanding about what, who is writing to. There are some scholars who believe that the angel of those churches are the heavenly beings. And there are people who believe that it is uh, human messengers. But I think most people believe he's writing directly to the leaders of those churches. That God is holding the leader, which is called the angel or the minister of the congregation, responsible for the condition of the church. So because pastors bear the responsibility ultimately for the condition of the church, it comes with a weight that nobody else can really feel. Only the pastors can feel that. So it makes the job extremely hard. There's such a weight of responsibility that you can't get away. You can't give to somebody. I mean, a lot of people can share some of those with you but nobody can share all of those with you. And that's why it is a very hard job. There's also the weight of carrying everyone's spiritual body, knowing especially that you will be held accountable by God, right? You carry people's body as a pastor. Uh, Whether it's in prayer, whether it's how you prepare, you just go around your life with a sense that your life, right, is meant to somehow carry this this responsibility of people's spiritual life. Yeah, people have responsibility for themselves, but also you have responsibility to them. And that is something every genuine pastor knows, and they carry around or their lives. There's also the weight of the pressure to perform and deliver all the time, right? When you're a pastor, you go around with the pressure to really deliver all the time, all right? You have to be on your A game. You have to preach well. You have to pray well. You have to prophesy well. People come to you for counsel. You're afraid you might give them a wrong counsel and their life is in ruin. You know, this kind of weight is something that you carry in your heart all the time. It is the pressure that is on you to just make sure you deliver. There's also the weight of people's expectation. 
And sometimes you're not even aware of those expectations. And that makes it so hard. Most pastors go around not sure whether they are doing it right or not. They're not sure whether people are happy, people are not happy. You're asking, if I visit them, will they be happy or will they not? You're also, you're, you know, once in a while, somebody is also unhappy with something. You know, so you're almost, you know, you hear, oh, somebody felt you should have called them. Oh, this person felt you didn't do this. You did this for this person. You, sometimes you don't even know what people expect. You don't know what they think of you, what they want from you, what they desire from you. So there is that weight that you go around with that you're constantly asking, am I meeting expectations? And that's a very difficult thing to go around with. Now, we all kind of have that in our little ways. But as a pastor, pastoring hundreds of people, just imagine that weight on the pastor as they go around. When you couple that with the feeling of inadequacy that you also have. You see, people think pastors don't have inadequacy, right? Uh, they're human beings. So that automatically means you can meet everything. So you, you go around knowing that you are human, you, you are inadequate, you have your own challenges, but everyone expects you to just be perfect for them, right? I mean, you got to be there. You have to return my call within two hours or within an hour. And if you don't, Someone gets angry sometimes, right? So when you marry those two together, it makes the job extremely hard. The interesting thing about being a pastor, especially when you are the lead pastor, the senior pastor's role is a job where everybody knows how to do your job better than you, sh- you do. Right? Most of whom, all of whom have never done the job and cannot do the job even if they were given the job. Yet they think they know how you should do the job, how you should preach, how you should react, how you should set up the church, how you should this, what you are not doing. You know, so that makes it very hard. Makes it so hard, especially in these days of social media, right? where everybody can say their mind, all right? They think they know. They think what this person should do, what this person should do. So it makes the job extremely difficult. That coupled with the fact that 2 Corinthians 3 says we are in the last days, right? I think the, you know, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he tells Timothy, Last days will be terrible times for pastors. Don't forget, Timothy is a bishop, lead pastor. And he said, there will be terrible He said, I want you to note, there will be terrible times. And he said, why? Because people will love themselves. People will be boastful. People will be proud. People will be abusive. People have been very abusive lately, especially about pastors. They think they can go anywhere and say anything and doesn't really care how who hurts, who get hurt, who doesn't get hurt. People are ungrateful. 
That's what the, I'm, I'm reading first, first, second Timothy, rather, chapter 3. He said they will be ungrateful, they will be disobedient, they will be unholy, they will be without love, unforgiving, slanderous, slander to slander, without self-control, brutal, and he went on and on, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And it is in the midst of that that a pastor is supposed to still do his or her job. So Paul is warning Timothy there to say, look, this is going to be very tough. Now, this is almost 2,000 years ago. And the bank were really just giving us a hard time. Uh, this, you know, we were just two years old. Uh, and they were saying, no, we can't give a loan. Almost every bank, uh, you know, except one that we found. And they say, you're just two years old. I say, so what? They say, well, two years, you can't trust a church of two years. <laughs> the saints often feel the demands of ministry are more than what they can handle. All right? And yet it's difficult to quit, right? It's not, it's not that you can easily just say, I'm quitting. Even though some do quit, but it's, it's, it's something that you are, it's a life call. All right? You can't just say, I have bad days and just not show up, all right, uh, or quit and just, you know, move to what you want it to be, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we close, uh, it is our mission Sunday today, amen. Uh, so if you haven't given to mission, I want to encourage you before you leave to please do so. Uh, we like everyone to at least participate in missions. And one of the ways you do it is giving. Uh, so if you can please go to the giving app and uh, go on the drop down, there is mission. Uh, once a month we do this. Sometimes we forget because and that's not always in our mind, you know, offering and things like that. We we try not to overly place emphasis on that. But again, we must obviously say that because that's the scripture. So, uh, so I encourage you to at least once a month give something towards mission, apart from your regular tithe and offering. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord keep you in all your ways and satisfy you with his goodness. In Jesus' name.